Hello, welcome back to My Solo Road. This is Sydney. I'm your host. This is my podcast. I guess where I am. Guess. Give it a whirl. It's the same spot. Yep, I'm at the exact same campsite. The one where it's by the lake. You know, I've been here for about a year and a half now. I'm leaving soon, I swear. Pinky promise. I kind of took today as my, like, spiritual last day in this spot. It honestly has been amazing. I've been bouncing back and forth between here and Bozeman, Montana, because that's kind of the nearest town. There's a couple that might be a little bit closer, but it's like the bigger city. And they have the dog park that I've also been posting on my story where Ella is like leaping into the water off a dock, which apparently dock dogs or dock jumping or whatever for dogs is a thing I recently found out. So today uh, we went swimming in the lake. We had like a delightful last day, slow morning. I came back. I didn't get like my fantastic campsite. I had to last night stay at a campsite that was like, I don't know, less than a quarter mile away but it's just not as cute. Um, But then I came back from the lake today and my campsite was empty. So we're sitting here now, perfect for the last evening that we're going to have here for a while. Then we are headed to Washington. I I know a couple of podcasts ago, I let you guys know I was heading to Indiana back home. And then last week, I'm pretty sure I said it, but at this point, I have no idea that I actually am going to Washington. So I was going to Indiana. Now I'm going to Washington. Gonna see a few people. I've been solo now... I'm so used to saying the word solo. Who just says that in casual conversation? I'm so used to being alone now. I've been doing it for like three or four weeks at least the whole time I've been in Montana. And so now I'm kind of ready. There's a few new friends, one of whom is Christian Schaefer. She was on last week's episode. And I have wanted to meet her for so long in person along with a few of her friends. So I am going to go there, meet them, hang out with them, and then go back to Indiana, where I will be for like two months, roughly. I'm going to stay in the Midwest area. Um, I would also love to be near Chicago when the coffee launches so I can go see it in the coffee shops in Chicago and stuff. Oh, that's a thing. By the time this comes out, I will have already shown the coffee bags on Instagram and TikTok and stuff. But if you don't want to pay for shipping and you live in the Midwest, they will be in Chicago coffee shops in uh, Dollop. So they have like 15 locations. I think 15 or 16 and you can get the coffee in Chicago if you're going there pick it up in person. Great. Love that. Okay, moving along. Today's episode, we will be talking to Claire P. Thomas, fitness girl of the world. She's beautiful. She's awesome. Super fit. She just moved into a badass sprinter and she was going to live in the sprinter alone because she had a long distance boyfriend, but coronavirus hit. Now he's remote and they're living in the van uh, together. She is going to tell us all about that, but like fitness and I don't like the word dieting, but like, you you know, food, healthy food, how to eat strong, healthy, good food. That's kind of her niche. And I get asked all the time what I eat on the road, how to be vegan. She is not vegan, but she knows about different like types of diets and stuff. So she will be sharing all of that, all of that knowledge. And because she will be sharing about that, I did want to issue a overall general trigger warning for anyone who might be triggered or might be in recovery of any kind when it comes to eating. It's going to be more like an empowering type of talk, you know, how to eat like strong food. Like, uh, you know, I wouldn't have someone on the podcast who was going to talk about like strict dieting. So, but I do want to just give the clarification, trigger warning, diets, health, fitness, food. Now 
Moving on to other things, I'm going to grab a drink and then we're going to call Claire, but I'm drinking the same thing as last week, Superbird, our newest sponsor. Um, it is a pink grapefruit Paloma. It's tequila based. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, like that's the alcohol that's in it, but the ingredients are tequila, grapefruit juice, agave nectar, sparkling water, and beet juice. No, you cannot taste the beet juice at all. Honestly, I wouldn't even know that was in there if I hadn't just read that. It's 6.7% alcohol. The packaging is on honestly really cool. Um, but that's what I will be drinking throughout this time. And they are, and it's in a can, so it's like a cocktail, but you get it in a can. So it makes it very easy. If you want a direct link, I will have it on my story the day that this comes out. So you can always just swipe up to make it easy. But if you want to find it, you just go to, it's called Superbird. However, the website is spelled S-P-R-B-R-D.com. And then for 10% off, use code DIVINE in all caps. Or go to my Instagram story the day that this episode is released and swipe up and you can get it. Okay, let's call Claire. Hello, Claire. How are we? What's up? I'm so good. How are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful. Okay, so you're in a house right now, but you recently moved into a van. Yes, it's been just about a month, and mm-hmm. I am currently back in my hometown right now. I'm flying to a wedding in a couple of days, so I'm just stopped here for for the meantime, parking my van here, but I am officially moved into my van, and going good so far (laughs) dude you look so strong like i i've i've seen photos and videos of you but now that we're talking on here i can like see your arms and i'm like you are ripped you look like so strong i love that (laughs) thank you Um, we're on facetime right now and i can see her for the first time like not just on instagram and you look very strong so yeah how has the adjustment been from house life i assumed do you live in a house or an apartment before the van so before I moved into the van, I was living in an apartment in Slabtown, Portland, which is just outside of downtown Portland. So the city life, um, I lived in a loft by myself and I was doing long distance with my boyfriend who lived in St. Louis, Missouri. So I was pretty much just living out of a suitcase. I traveled a lot for work anyways, but my home base was an apartment. So transitioning into a van has definitely been an adjustment, but it's been it's been a lot easier than I expected. That's what I always tell people. It's not, it's especially when you've gone through the whole van build, whether you build the van or you have it built, like you're just excited the whole time. You know what I mean? And so you just are like so antsy to actually live in the thing by the time it's done. And so, yeah, I just, I always tell people it's actually a lot easier once you move into it, I feel like, than what you're probably expecting. Absolutely. And the process of it took a lot longer than I expected. So I had like you said, like you, I had a long time to kind of get into that mindset and, and downsize and and do my research and figure out figure out everything. And I'm still completely figuring it out, but I'm kind of learning yeah. as I go. Okay, so how did you downsize? What did you do? Did you sell everything or did you get like a storage unit? Do you still have an apartment? Kind of what did you do with all your stuff? For the most part, I got rid of it. I didn't have a huge apartment as it was, which is good. I never... I didn't have a whole house full of (laughs) furniture and, you know, all of that. Luckily, my boyfriend, who I live with, Jared, he moved into the van too. Uh, He had a full-blown house, a truck, a car, and he sold everything. So he had definitely more of, you know, an adjustment to make. But for me, I pretty much sold everything and I have a lot of it here at my mom's house. But I didn't have that much to begin with. So, yeah, yeah. 
So what was, was it stressful for him going from house to van? I mean, I know that uh, we'll get into like kind of your relationship and how that transitions from full or from long distance and whatnot. But considering he was in a house and fully furnished, because when I moved into my van, I was coming from a Chicago apartment too. So it was like, I mean, it it was furnished, but I didn't have a, like, it was pretty easy to sell. I mean, I bought most of my stuff on Craigslist. So I just like sold it again on Craigslist a couple years later, you know? So yeah, how was that for him? Was it stressful for him at all? Or was he equally as excited? Honestly, I th- I was the one that was stressed for him. I was helping him through it all and helping him get rid of things. And I thought he would have a harder time like selling his beloved old truck. I told him not to do it he- and said, you know, hey, we could just get storage or keep it somewhere else. I don't want you to get rid of it. And he insisted on it. He was really excited to downsize. He's really just a simple guy and doesn't need a lot of stuff, which is what I love about him. And so I think he, he was honestly like meant to do this. He, yeah. even before I brought up the idea of living in a van, he always told me he wanted to live in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and, you know, just not have really anything. So He's, he's yeah, been really good about I love it. That. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's really cool. He, yeah, I love that he sold his car and stuff. Like, that's dedication. He was ready to do this. Yeah, he was definitely excited. Okay, so about the van itself, what kind of van do you have? So I have a 2019 Mercedes Sprinter van, four by four. And I, to be honest, it was the last thing I ever thought I would, I would live in, the last vehicle I thought I would choose. The reason I fell in love with van life years ago was because I've always been obsessed with Volkswagen buses. And so I always Mm. wanted to do the whole old school VW van life, bus life. Do they call it bus life or van life? (laughs) They do call it bus life, actually. They do? Okay, that's funny. (laughs) It's funny that they call it a bus. But so that was kind of what instilled this in me when I was a kid. I've always been obsessed with those. And when I brought up the idea to Jared... He shot it down real fast. He didn't, he wasn't comfortable with it. He, cause originally I was going to do this alone. He wasn't going to come with right. me. And so he, you know, convinced me that it wasn't practical. You can't stand up in it. You know, you can't, you can't drive fast in it. You know, it would break down on me. He was just worried about me being by myself in a van that might not, or a bus that might not be very yeah. reliable. And so he was the one that brought up the sprinter vans and, showed me a picture of a sprinter that was all decked out. It had a big bumper and, you know, the ladder and and the roof rack and looked really mean on the outside. And I thought it was the ugliest thing I'd ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? That's not cute, you know? But then I don't know what happened. I think I saw one in person just a couple weeks later and it just grew on me. And it's funny because that's exactly what I have. (laughs) So, yeah. I, I started to love them and I started to realize like, okay, that's pretty badass. And that was when we were both starting about talking, starting the discussion of him coming with me in the van. And I wanted something that he would love as well. And one of the things that we're doing on the road is fitness because I am an online fitness coach. And so being able to use the van as kind of our gym in a sense. It just, it makes sense to have a, a roof rack and a ladder and, and a big bumper because we have some fun ideas planned with those for working out. So that's what we ended yeah. up with. <laughs> yeah, he talked you off a cliff with that Volkswagen. That would have been the worst idea you've ever made. I mean, I think if you have a house in California or on the West Coast and you want to drive your Volkswagen bus to the beach and kind of just have it 
yeah, like have it as your little surf car or whatever. Like that's cool. But living in those things truly is a nightmare. I mean, as cute as they are, and it, it's not even just about the cuteness, like, there is a culture of, with the Volkswagens about, like, those are the OG van life, bus life, like, living on the road, period, type of vehicle, and so there's a huge, almost like a cult-like following with them, but, I mean, he's just totally right, like, you almost invest as much as you did in your, with your Sprinter, all of the add-ons for, like, exterior-wise, the build, everything, I mean, you would put more than that just in, re- like, repairing a Volkswagen, like, even if you get a good one that's not falling apart it's going to fall apart along the way (laughs) you're gonna have to get a tow truck yeah I agree I dodged a bolt there and I'm I'm happy about it yeah okay so you have a beautiful build so on Instagram I didn't say that in the intro but your Instagram is Claire P Thomas I'll have that in the notes and everything but definitely go look I mean a ton of fitness we're going to talk about that but also now you're sharing more about like your your life on the road and getting in the van and stuff the build is incredible what is your favorite thing so far about your builds like inside Oh my gosh, that's a hard one. Honestly, I love the bed, which was the thing I was dreading the most. I, and Jared was dreading the most because he's 6'2 and worried about fitting, but we got flares. We built, we had flares built in, so it extends mm-hmm. on the side. So we're able to fit a full-size mattress in there and it is so comfortable. I cannot get up in the morning. It is terrible. I used to wake up at 4 a.m. and start working and work oh. out. I was a, I was a morning, morning girl and I, I'm not anymore. So the bed is definitely my favorite part. And just the detail in it. I didn't build it myself. And I'm sure we're going to get into that as well. I wanted to build the van. Jared wanted to help me with, with building the van. But with with what we do and and all, all of our van, the van was built over COVID and everything. And it just, it, it wasn't practical for us to do it ourselves at the time. So we had a company build it for us, Adventure Van Camp. And they're amazing. And they just put so much detail into it. They did. They did. They did everything that I wanted and more. It's 100% customized. So I designed the entire layout, every little detail in there I asked for. And they were able to do it, even though it's, you know, I, I believe it's only their third van build. So oh, wow. um, they learned a lot. I learned a lot. And I just love that it feels like home inside. When you look yeah. at my van, the outside looks really mean, like I said, with the big bumper and, you know, it's, it's gray and black and it's just kind of rugged on the outside. But when you open the door, it's like the opposite. It's homey yeah, it's and very like cozy pretty. and pretty. And I really wanted it to feel like home. And we decided to do the, the partitioned wall there to separate the, the back from the, the cab. And yeah, I was worried about that at first. And a lot of van life people have reached out or just anyone who is following me. A lot of people have reached out and asked if I worry about the safety with it because there's not like you have a a opening, right? So you can walk up to the cabin and back. And that was a concern of mine with our build, but we actually just discovered that we can fit through the window (laughs) because there's a window in that wall. Oh yeah. So if something horrible were to happen, which hope, hope to God doesn't, we can fit through there and drive off if we have to. <laughs> so Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's that's another thing I love about our van is that it it has that wall there. I love it. I love that it just is separate from the cab and um I feel much better knowing that we can fit that fit through that little window if we have to, but 
Yeah, I think the the wall is so important for me. I understand why people don't do it, like, to each their own. But it's so nice not feeling like I live in my vehicle. Like, when you, like, having that wall there, it honestly does feel, I feel like when I'm laying in bed, cozy, under the covers with my dogs, I feel like I'm just laying in bed in an apartment watching Netflix. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, if I could always see up front or even just like the windows or anything, I feel like I'd feel more vulnerable and feel like I was in my car and just, I don't know, I like feeling like I'm surrounded by walls. I um, couldn't so, agree more. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So the people who built your van, you said it was their only, their third one. How did you find them? Was it online? Yeah. So I actually, I had kind of a bad experience. I was about to, I actually lost a deposit on a van and I won't say the name of the company because I'm not trying to bash them, but it was a company in California and I was about to basically ship my van to them and have them convert it and told them my estimate, you know, what my budget was. And they basically doubled that, more than doubled what I asked for. And there was no negotiating it, you know, like they had a set price for their floors, like $4,000 for their floors. No, no, oh no going God. cheaper. No, no getting, there was no other options. It was like the most expensive cookie cutter van you could, you could ask for. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I couldn't really customize it. And luckily I, it, it was like the last day before I was going to pretty much send my van there. And out of the blue, I just decided to search actually Jared searched the hashtag on Instagram, I think van conversion Portland or something like that. It was through a hashtag, uh, funny enough. And adventure van camp came up and that was Beth and Eric, who are the, is the amazing couple who built it. And they had just moved from Texas. And so I had been searching the hashtag searching Google in Portland because I'm from Portland. I wanted to have it done locally. Ideally, it would have been nice to have it done locally, but I couldn't find any companies in Oregon that I was in love with that could do that homey feel. And that's why I was going to, you know, sacrifice going to California and then going down there to pick it up it would have been a pain, but I was going to do it anyways. And then we found them and it was just, it's so cheesy, but when I was talking to them, I hopped on a call with them right away, sent them a DM on Instagram and said that I was interested. And they said, yeah, let's talk right now. Like, do you have time? And hopped on a call and I kid you not, a rainbow appeared in the sky. And I knew instantly I was like, this is the one I'm, I'm going to lose my $3,000 deposit. I don't care because they're amazing. And I just knew that they would do a good job and they were amazing to work with. And what was great about them being local was that I was able to be a part of the process. So I went and helped them, you know, I, I put in the floors, I painted the walls and I filmed some YouTube videos of the process. So if anyone's interested, I do have a YouTube channel. You can check, check the, the build process out, but I did want to have my hands on the project. You know, that's kind of yeah. part of van life for a lot of people is the build and, and building it yourself and something that I, I really did want to do, but it's not for everyone. And that doesn't mean that you can't do van life if you don't build it yourself, you know? And so that's, that's really the best part is that I was able to have it built, but I was able to have my hands on it still, which was really special for me. Yeah, no, that there definitely is like some weird, is stigma the right word? I don't know, stereotype, I don't know what I'm thinking, but like, 
like this idea that if you don't, sorry, there's a bug in front of me that I'm just like mad swatting. But yeah, there's this idea of van life where like, yeah, if you don't have, if you don't do it yourself, then like, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of looked down upon, which is so ridiculous. Like I was 25 working full time in Chicago, trying to make enough money to have a van. I don't have time, honestly, and I don't have the skills and I don't have the time to like learn Learn the the skills. skills. So you didn't build your van either? No. Oh. God, no. God, okay. I'm like, am I the only one that didn't build her own van? You did more than I did. I didn't even paint. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I show, but just like you though, I did, it's, it was so important to me to, I wanted them to know that I was coming every week to make sure that there was always progress being made also, but I just wanted to be a part of it. Like, I want to see what it looks like this week, what's been done, you know, and like, Yeah, it was so much more fun going to Home Depot and picking out my floors, picking out the certain things, and then just dropping it off to them and having them who already have the skills do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly flattered that you have seen my van and you thought that I in any way put this together. (laughs) Yeah, no. So, but it sounds like you have an awesome like relationship with your builders and that you would recommend them if anybody listening is interested in building out a van. Absolutely. They're great. They've, they've become like, I feel like I'll be friends with them for life. We've already been to the beach together and yeah, they're great people. So do they have a van just out of curiosity? They did have a van. So they started off with their own van and then they sold it and then started making them for other people. And I believe uh, last time I spoke to them, they were actually wanting to do another van for themselves and, and start the van life up again for themselves. So, yeah. Okay. That's really cool. And I, I always like knowing like different builders and where they are because people do ask so frequently, like I live in this place, where can I get my van built? Like, do you know of one? So I think it's really helpful for people to have those points on the map of where they can get their van built. Okay. So let's rewind a little bit. We've talked a lot about vans. Now let's talk about you and specifically you. So where did you grow up? Did you travel growing up? Tell us about yourself. All right. Okay. So I am from, I say I'm from Portland, Oregon, but I'm actually from a small town about 40 minutes south of Portland. It's called Malala. It's a really small country town. And I grew up in the boonies outside of Malala. So really, really far out, you know, no neighbors, no cell reception, kind of, kind of out there. My dad was a logger. My mom was a school teacher. She was my teacher for four years because the the school was so small. (laughs) She taught like four grades at a time, but I was an athlete. (laughs) Yeah. I, I was an athlete pretty much my entire life since I could walk. I've been an athlete. I grew up playing soccer, basketball, and track. Those were my sports. And Love that. I did soccer and track, but not basketball. Soccer was my favorite sport, but I ended up going to college for track. I was I was better at track. That's exactly how I was. I went to an art school, so I did not do college sports because they literally didn't have sports. But I I did I played soccer literally my whole life, like from age five to I mean, the end of high school. And then, but I was so much better at track. And my, the team in general was the thing. Like our soccer team was not as good at, like our track team was like running in state and winning state and all of that. And like my soccer team was like, just not, not there. And so, yeah, I ended up choosing track to, to do more of, but yeah, then I went to college and did nothing, but continue. I'm sorry. No, that's, I'm glad we had that same experience. So I went on to compete at the University of Oregon, which was my dream track school. I was just honestly so honored and excited to have the experience to compete there. My teammates were Olympians. They were national champions for many, many years in a row. And I had just really, really high expectations. And unfortunately, I 
didn't have the experience I was hoping for. I wound up, I wound up having an eating disorder actually. And I quit the team, which was a complete shocker. Didn't even tell my family for a couple of weeks because I was just so in shock, I guess. I was that you that you quit. Yeah, like it just wasn't expected. You know, I was an athlete my whole life, like I said, and I dreamed of going professional. Like I I lived and breathed my sports track and and just being an athlete in general, competing. I didn't really know anything other than that. And so when I quit, it was it was a complete just switch, right? I had to find myself again and I felt really lost and I went through a lot of depression and it was really hard. And I knew that I needed something new. And so for me, I thought that would be leaving the country. I actually studied abroad in Australia after that. That was something I always wanted to do. But as an athlete, I knew it was never an option. And so when I quit, I wanted to get out. And so I went to Melbourne, Australia, and I studied there for six months. And it was an amazing experience, a life-changing experience, because one, I discovered what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, which was fitness. But it took a little while to get there because when I went there, I unfortunately carried my eating disorder with me and I struggled harder than ever because nobody knew me, you know, nobody checked in on me. I was there alone. And so I really had to overcome it by myself. And I'm so grateful for that though. And I remember vividly just going through a complete meltdown. And I knew in that moment that I needed to, I remember looking in the mirror Right. And I was I was freaking out and I didn't recognize the reflection looking back. I didn't recognize myself. And I knew that I wanted to help that girl. I knew that I wanted to help other women like myself who were struggling with body image and depression and eating disorders or whatever it was. I just knew that I could use what I was going through my experience to help other women. And while I was there, I you know, like I said, I wanted to lose my identity as an athlete. I, I was trying to find myself again and I didn't want that identity as an athlete. And so I was just trying to be skinny. I, I wanted to lose all my muscles. I, I've grown up kind of been known as the girl with the muscles. Right. And I didn't want that anymore. I didn't want to be known as that. And so I stopped lifting weights. I became this cardio junkie and, you know, obsessively tracking macros and, Right after that epiphany moment where I told myself to snap out of it, I went back to the gym and I lifted my first weight in six months. And I, I, just, I just knew that I had to be an example for other women and I had to regain my strength, not only physically, but mentally. And right when I picked up that weight, I knew that things were going to be better. And so fast forward, I got back to the United States. I was still in college. I was uh, just a junior in college and I started going to the rec center regularly, you know, working out. I wasn't an athlete anymore. So I was using the, the main facility that all the student athletes or the students use, not the student athletes. And 
women would come up to me um, and ask me, you know, what are you doing? What's your workout plan? Do you have any tips? And I just loved giving feedback. I loved helping other women. And I randomly just posted, I want to say it was a handstand walk or some something to do with fitness. It was my first fitness Instagram post, right? But it wasn't with any intention of having a Fitstagram or anything. I didn't even know that that was a thing. I'm not going to lie. I was so bad at social media. I hated social media. And I posted something and it just kind of got a lot of attention. It got a lot of traction. I, I woke up and I had like thousands of new followers overnight because it kind of went viral. Yeah, And yeah. it scared me. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to delete my Instagram. I was like, who are these people? But then I realized that a lot of those new people were people asking for help and women who, you know, followed me because they were maybe inspired by me. And so it, it inspired me to continue to post and to continue to share my fitness journey on my Instagram. And I just became really, really consistent with it posted my workouts every single day for free. I didn't, you know, I didn't have anything to offer other than free workouts. And I would post recipes here and there. And it just continued to pick up and I continued to gain, gain an audience, gain followers. And finally, I decided to take what I had created for myself. It was just a a workout guide, essentially workouts for, you know, a few weeks at a time. And I And I would give those away to people for free. And then I realized I could put together a guide and sell it. I was an advertising major. And so I had already created a website for a class project. And so I just converted everything over to fitness and made a fitness website and started selling a guide. And that's ultimately kind of what started my, my fitness business, but still never the intention of making it into a career. It was still just this side hustle passion project that I was doing while I was in college. And I ended up graduating in advertising. I moved across the country to Minnesota. I worked for a company called Love Your Melon. And while I was there, I was- Wait a cons- second. Is that the hat? Yes. Okay. Love the love your melon hat. It's it's an amazing company. I I love them. And it, honestly, if I hadn't if I hadn't started my business, I would still be there because I love them. Still do. They they donate fifty percent of profits to child childhood cancer. And my good friends started the company, and it's just amazing. But worked for them. And while I was there, I had the hopes of eventually turning my side hustle into a career, but I never, I never saw it coming as fast as it did. But after 10 months, I ended up quitting and going full time with my online fitness coaching business. And I moved back to Portland and that's where I was this whole time. And I just, I've, I've started selling more, more programs and I have some other business Ideas coming, business plans coming, but pretty much I help people all over the world get into shape. But not only that, I I want to help people get into mental shape. I want to help people with becoming more confident and being able to look in the mirror and love what they see. And it's not about 
building a six pack. It's not about being as lean as possible. It's just about looking in the mirror and loving, loving that reflection because I've been that person that hated that reflection. And it's just, it's been a dream to help others turn that around, you know? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, I mean, when you said earlier something about like looking in the mirror and not recognizing like the girl who was in the mirror and stuff, that's like my favorite analogy of all time because I have talked about the exact same thing of not not necessarily like that's just such an eloquent way of putting it because I've never said I don't recognize that person. For me, it's always been like I look in the mirror, like I have these kind of triggering moments, right? Like every so often, like I have fallen back into it before, like several times and I will look and I don't like the person I see. And so what I've talked about is how for like a month or two or however long it lasts, like I just full-blown avoid the mirror. Like I hate looking in the mirror. Like I stop doing any makeup and it's not a matter of like needing makeup, you know, but it's just like sometimes it's nice to- About yourself. Exactly. Like sometimes it's just nice, like get ready and like wash your hair and put on some makeup and like put a bra on for once, you know? And so I just completely- think I didn't put one on for you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a flannel, so whatever. But anyways, yeah, it just, uh, I completely avoid the mirror at all costs. And that's always been the way, like, it's it's almost like a, a way of me knowing, okay, you're back in that place. Now we're going to start digging back out because I recognize the fact that like, okay, you haven't looked in the mirror for three or four days. That's telling you something realize that, recognize it, and now let's work on moving forward. And that's, yeah, and it's, but it's so interesting to hear someone else talk about the same thing because it is, it's like, how do I explain this in, you know, a way that makes sense, I guess. Like, the mirror is such a, it's such a weird thing. Like, you are looking at yourself and it's, there. I mean, maybe people who get ready every single day are kind of desensitized to it, but as someone who lives in a van and naturally doesn't look every single day a lot. Yeah. Sometimes if I am in that like darker place, looking in the mirror for me is actually, yeah. You, like you said, it's just triggering. Like I look and I'm just like, wait a second. Ew. Who I, am I? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like her. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, I really appreciate and I love the fact that you use that analogy. And then, okay. So on a bit of a brighter note, although everyone knows we do love talking about mental health here, but you did touch on kind of at the end there, like your r remote income, which was already remote pre-van life. Yeah. So I, when I quit my job the year after I graduated college, I've, I've been uh, remote since I was 22 and I'm 25 now. My, I've had my, I've been full-time on my own for about three years. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm 25 too. I didn't know we were the same age. Gosh, when's your birthday? <laughs> uh, March 14th. Oh, I'm January 26th. Oh, you got two months on me. I thought you were um, older. You're just so mature and wise. <laughs> I thought, I kid you, I didn't want to say that, but now that I'm happy that you did, but I thought you were older than me because I feel like you have your shit together. <laughs> I'm like, you're working out, you're doing things. All I do is sit in my van, record podcasts, make videos, and play with my dogs. Oh Love my that. gosh. Um, no. Okay, so I know this because we talked about it yesterday, but I would love to explain to them a little bit about the transition that your boyfriend actually had in terms of his income and how it went from an office to where he is now. And now you guys are actually going to be living in the van together. <clears throat> and you were long distance. He was, like I said, working kind of a nine to five, doing that whole thing. Now he's working remotely. Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about how that happened, I guess. Yeah. So Jared works for First Form, which is a supplement company that I am also affiliated with. So I 
work with them in a different way. I basically promote their products. Essentially, I'm kind of sponsored by them, if you will, but he works for them on the the behind the scenes back end side. So he's been with them for 11 years and they, up until this point, they really haven't had remote workers. And so we didn't even think that it would be possible for him to come with me and for him to still keep his job because that's just something they've never done. But honestly, because of COVID and everybody working remotely, proving that it's possible, it helped him out a lot. And he was able to prove that he could do everything remotely and from home because that's what he had been doing since March. And he does everything that he did before, you know, in the van. And it was a little bit of a shocker, I think, to tell his boss, but also not at the same time because they knew that I was doing this. So I announced that I was living okay. first. And then it came out that Jared was coming with me. And so they, I think, maybe saw it coming. <laughs> um, yeah. But for him working remotely, it's been really good because, like I said, he had already been working remotely for a few months previously. And he just works really well at home. Everything he does is on the computer, on the phone, on the phone. And honestly, I think there's less distractions when you work from home right now. It's a little bit difficult because I keep saying we're in the honeymoon phase of van life. We've only been in it for a month and it's hard to not want to do everything and just to get off the grid. We love hiking and, and, you know, we love being out of cell service (laughs) and it's really been, I think the biggest struggle is finding, finding good spots where we can work and find good Wi-Fi. And I am the plug for that. I can tell you. Oh my God. I can tell you. Yeah. I, my parents require I have cell service for safety reasons, just so everyone can know right now. She just took a large (laughs) chug of her red wine, which I'm also doing at the same time. I've, I've almost killed this entire glass, but yeah, for safety reasons, my parents require that I always have cell phone service so that I can call them or text them at least once a day and say, I'm alive. Everything is fine. Here's where I'm at. Um, Yeah. But I mean, to be like, you know, honest, I, I, I work seven days a week. Like there are very few days where I'm not doing something that would need cell service. And so yeah, over the last two years, everywhere I have been, I have found campsites specifically that had cell phone service and enough room at the campsite itself for my dogs to run around. <laughs> so anywhere you go, let me know. <laughs> so, yeah, we will be texting frequently after this because we are still trying to figure that one out. And also just figuring out the routine of of working. And anyone who works right. for themselves or works remotely knows that this is an adjustment and and you know, you have to make your own schedule. You have to you have to make yourself work. <laughs> and right. that wasn't hard for me before van life. I, I had a great routine. Like I said, I used to wake up at four in the morning and, and start my day and, and I was so productive. And now that we are in this new phase of life, it's it's hard for us to to sit down and, you know, work. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's something that, I mean, you know, we work really late at night because we want to go and do things during the day. And so that is something that I am excited for is it's really feeling like this is our life and we can establish a routine again. I'm very routine oriented. That's what I tell all my clients, you know, establish a solid routine. And 
I need to hear that advice the most right now. Because Yeah, well, because the thing is, you kind of like, yeah, you've like double done it. Like you are now in like a honeymoon phase, honeymoon phase of being in close proximity to your partner, which you did not have before. So it's like honey- distance. <laughs> right. So like you have this honeymoon phase of wanting to just cuddle and be with him and, you know, be near him. And then also a honeymoon phase of like this entirely new lifestyle of living in an actual van and... Yeah, it took me a long... I mean, I'd be lying if I said it didn't take me probably a year mm-hmm. of me being alone in the van with a dog, specifically before I got my second one, of just, yeah, trying to figure out what I when to work, what to do. I was making friends, which I needed to be doing at the time because I was alone. And so I was making friends, which meant I was like only working when they needed to work. Like I made this good friend, Henry, and he his main job was Instagram and my main job was my website. And my website just required a lot more time than his Instagram, which is just how things played out, which is fine. But like, I would only work when he was working for his, like he would, he'd be posting on Instagram and I'm like trying to write an entire blog post. And yeah. And so it was just kind of ridiculous, but yeah, I definitely, I understand needing a routine and it got me, that that got me good. I, it took me a while to kind of develop that. So something else I wanted to just like briefly go over. I mean, there's still, God, there's still so many. I have so many questions for you. We're, Claire and I are... <laughs> I know. Claire and I are like new get to talk to each other friends. Like we've been internet friends for a while, but this is we're just now really getting to like talk to one another. This is last week I did the same thing with Christian Schaefer, like another she's a solo female on the road and we've been talking for so long and I had just not had the opportunity to like ask her questions I had been wanting to ask for so long. And so wait, what was my next thing? Dang. I, okay. About growing your platform. You um had talked about this before and there are some people, very few, but some who like turn their heads at this subject because it's very like weird and it's not as like humble, I guess, you know, with quotations to talk about numbers and growth and grow like your platform and whatever. But the reality is, is a lot of people want to be doing what we are doing. And you have this amazing platform of a ton of people who they love you so much that like they care about fitness, but now you're into van life. And so they're kind of transitioning and learning this new lifestyle with you. And so I love giving advice to people on like, what do you value most in terms of growing your platform? And like, why do you think you've been able to do that? And like, what advice would you necessarily give to someone who's trying to do the same and is like having a harder time figuring out that path, you know? That's such a good question. I get that question every day. And I said this earlier, but like I, my Instagram grew on kind of a whim on accident. I never, I never saw this lifestyle come in. Like I never thought that I would utilize Instagram so, so much. And, and I don't, I don't want to say that Instagram is my career. I have you know, a business and I sell my guides outside of Instagram, but Instagram is a huge, huge, huge platform for me to utilize. And it's just incredible to be able to use this platform to reach people all over the world. And right. And I used to hate social media. And once I saw that you could use it for the good and to help others, that was when I really started growing on it. And, you know, people reach out and they ask, how do you, how do you become Insta famous or how do you make money from Instagram? And I always say, wait a second, what is your passion? First of all, what do you want to do? 
What do you love to do? And how can you help people with that, right? And mm-hmm. and I just, I hate it when people want to just be Insta-famous just for the the publicity and the likes and the followers, whatever. But you have to, you have right. to have a, a deeper meaning there. And it starts with, with growing your platform. It starts with being just consistent and posting every single day, but posting valuable content that people can learn from something that people can benefit from, whether that's for me, it was a free workout, a free recipe. You know, if I, if I just posted a photo of myself, well, the caption had to be meaningful. It had to provide some sort of value, whether that be motivation or encouragement or, you know, a lesson or whatever it was, but I had to be providing value constantly. It couldn't just be a good picture of me that said, happy Sunday, fun day. You know what I mean? And so for anyone that wants to build their following, you have to be able to really speak to your audience and know who your audience is and want to provide a service to them. And and you want to be the authority for them. You want to be someone that they come to for help. Someone that they look at and they're like, man, she knows what she's doing. I... I know that I, I need her help. Basically, you want to be a resource. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that is, got to lock that down. You kind of do have to find a niche, except I always say that, you know, you can't just be one niche. You can't, I don't want people to ever think that I'm only fitness or I'm, I only work out. The truth is, is that's just a really small part of who I am. And so I like to tell people to pick five things that they love, whether that be, you know, for me, like it would be fitness. It would be traveling, van life, food, family, friends, whatever, whatever. You got to pick like five things and kind of rotate through those things with your posts so that you show that you're diverse and that you, you're a real human, right? You want to be relatable and you never want to, I think the moment that you become unrelatable is the moment that you're un, you're irrelevant, right? People, people don't. And we were just talking about that. People want to know that you struggle and that you're a human and uh, you're not perfect. And I don't know. I think that all of those things kind of played a huge role into how I was able to grow on social media because I just I I think I've been real and honest and consistent with my with my audience. And I'm constantly providing value in some way or another. And That's been great because I've been able to establish a loyal audience who now is kind of seeing me transition into van life and they're loving it. And they're so they're so curious about it. And it's kind of new. And I don't know, it just kind of makes me, I guess, stand out a little bit more. I'm not just someone that works out all the time. Now I have this new interesting part of me. And, and that's good too. So if you, if you want to stand out on social media, you can't be like everyone else and do, do your own thing, you know, don't do what's expected and always have the intention of helping others with whatever you're doing. And, and I think that that's how you grow. Yeah, no, I definitely, I totally, I could not agree more. Like you, if your mission is to grow, you will not grow or, or you'll grow because you're playing the game, right? But like your engagement will be trash. No one will feel, yeah, you're never going to, your audience will never feel connected to you as a person. And like you said, you kind of have to have those five, like those five things. I live in a van. I have dogs. I talk about mental health and you know, so on and so forth. But 
I think, like, just to add on to that, like, because I do love giving advice in terms, like, I just am kind of a business fiend, but, like, I think something that's so important to go along with that is, like, one of those has to be your dominant feature. Like, for yours, your dominant one will always be fitness. Well, so, so you'll post about van life, you'll post about all these new things, but you still will weave in how to work out on the road. How are you working out on your van? Like, I've seen you do stuff literally on the van and to incorporate those two worlds. And, like, I know like even today I posted a photo of Ella and I knew this isn't necessarily going to perform the best, but like the people who like following me and the people who follow me because of my dogs, like they deserve that too. You know what I mean? Like I'm not just living in a van. Like, yeah, like I took that photo of Ella and I love it. And so I want people to see it. Um, I saw it. I liked it. <laughs> thank you. I, I I mean, she just looks adorable always, but yeah, she's actually, she's laying on the ground right now. I have the door open, which I don't often do because it like doesn't make for as good like audio, yeah, but, but I did it because uh, I wanted Ella to be able to run around outside while I'm doing this. But yeah, anyways, so I just think it's important, like you said, to have all of those different limbs, but to like, from a business perspective, understand that like one of them is probably going to be one of them is your audience. Yes. You have to speak to your audience and yeah. And you have to give them what they want. (laughs) Do it in a way that's authentic to you and genuine to you. And yeah. No, totally. So going along the same lines of that, how do you plan on transitioning your like fitness routine and what you've, what you're used to and lifting and, you know, doing however you work out doing that on the road. And like, especially right now, like some gyms are closed. I know my planet fitness, like a lot of the locations are still closed and stuff. So I, I mean, I follow you, I follow your Instagram and stuff. So I know you do a lot of like body weight workouts, which is super helpful for someone who's like, on the road and I, I'm at a campsite. Like I don't have weights in my van. I don't have what some people might have. And so, yeah, what is your plan, I guess, while you travel and when you don't have access to a gym or I guess when you do both or whatever? Yeah. What's kind of your game plan on that? Yeah. This is the most exciting part for me is taking fitness on the road, right? And, and showcasing how to stay fit while traveling and Before I even thought about moving in the van or or before this all happened, I was traveling constantly, living out of a suitcase. And I, I, I firsthand saw how difficult it was, right? You know, everyone knows it's, it's hard to to eat well when you're constantly going out, when you're constantly traveling and when you don't have access to a gym and then COVID happened and obviously all this, all the gym shut down and During that time, I actually launched a homebody guide for any of you guys who are still working out at home or those of you who are traveling. I have a guide. um, It's only $10 actually right now. It's $50 off for everyone because of this crazy time. And I just kind of fell in love with, with training with my body weight. And I am so excited to be able to take that now on the road and really just utilize my best piece of equipment, which is myself, my body. And, you know, I'm using the van a little bit. I have a pull-up bar. I I made a custom pull-up bar. I have some dumbbells, some bands, but for the most part, I'm going to be using my body and I have some exciting plans with that. I I do want to come out with a travel guide for people specifically on the road or who travel a lot for work. And eventually I actually want to do some boot camps when, when we're allowed to do so. That would be so fun. Yeah. You'll have to come to one of them, but I would love to, to meet people in person and to work out with them and to, 
to travel around and to, you know, put on these boot camps. I think that would just be really special to meet the community. And I struggle with being 100% online all the time, you know, looking at a screen most of the day and communicating with people digitally. I struggle with that sometimes. And so I'm really excited to travel and to meet people in person and and to have that human connection again. Like last week, I was able to meet a woman who had won a huge giveaway I did in a, ch- in a fitness challenge. She won it. And I was able to go visit her and hand deliver her her cash prize. And that was just so special. I got to meet her whole family and we got to work out together. And I'm just really excited to be able to travel around the whole country and meet these people who I've been connecting with through social media, but haven't been able to really go give a hug and, and get a workout in. So I'm planning on doing some some meetups and some some boot camps in the future and continuing to share my workouts through social media, um, through Instagram mostly, and having them, you know, transition more from in the gym to on the road, but everything will translate to, to people at home. And, and I will certainly be going into gyms like you do, you go to planet fitness, right. And you use their shower most of the time. And, and that was something I actually learned from your podcast. Um, I listened to one of your older episodes and, I actually went to my first Planet Fitness last week. And unfortunately, right now, all of the gym showers are closed. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's a struggle out here. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, I thought this would be easy. Go to a gym, have a shower. Yeah. Right now, there are some like yoga studios and stuff that I, and I'll call ahead. Well, there's me swatting bugs right now. But yeah. There, I usually will call ahead to see if, like, if I take this yoga class, can I take a shower there afterwards or whatever, but I need someone to explain to me why I can touch all the grimy gym equipment that everyone is touching, but I can't go to arguably the cleanest place in the entire gym, which would be the shower. Yes. It makes no sense. I don't understand it. Aren't we supposed to clean ourselves? Aren't we supposed to wash the germs that's, away <laughs> that's, with that's hot water? <laughs> And soap? Yeah, I don't Um, know. It's crazy. Okay, so we touched on fitness on the road and how you kind of are going, planning on doing that. And so one thing that people ask me the most that I can't answer is, which I'm specifically vegan. I know you're not, like, not a big deal regardless. But a lot of people ask me, like, what to eat on the road and, like... As weird as that question might sound, it's it it makes sense because it's like what like what would how do I phrase this? Like ways of making the same things in different ways. How do you make it affordable without, you know, having maybe access to your local grocery store that has all the things that you're used to? Is do you have any plans or is like is there anything for you that might change while you're on the road when it comes to your like I hate the word diet because people really yeah, but I guess just we'll just say food. Like when it comes to your food and things that you eat. <laughs> yeah, nutrition. And that's something I'm also really excited to to showcase is how I eat on the road and how I stay healthy in that in that way, nutrition wise. And for me, I don't track macros, by the way. I haven't tracked macros in years and I don't because I became obsessive of it. And I just personally, it's not it's not the lifestyle I want to live, but I do suggest and recommend that everybody eats at least their body weight in pounds in grams of protein. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you should 
try to aim for 150 grams of protein a day. And that's kind of what I, I recommend to, to all my clients. And that's what I aim for. And so when I am eating, I am always looking for protein, right? I, I, I build my meals off of protein and I do eat meat. So it's a little bit easier for me to, to get in my protein. And I really go for the easiest thing. I'm an easy cook. I love cooking, but I like simple, easy, affordable cooking. So I love egg whites. I love chicken breast, turkey, lean turkey, jerky, protein bars. I'm really, really, I really base my meals off of those. And then I throw in just a bunch of veggies and a carb source. It's, it's really simple, but it's, it's harder or it's easier said than done, I guess, because when you're constantly on the road, it's really tempting to eat out. And that's something that I'm struggling with, with Jared is we just want to go and eat out at all the restaurants and, and order all the bad things on the menu. And it's all about balance, right? (laughs) If you follow me, you see, like, I, I eat like a normal person and I hate that people assume that I don't. And food is fuel. Food is, it's our energy source. It's, it's because I've gone through such a bad experience with food. I, food was my enemy. Now I'm in this phase of life where I love food so much <laughs> and I, yeah. I have fun with it. And so I have a lot of fun with my, my recipes and I post my recipes pretty much daily on my Instagram. So definitely check that out. Just creative ways to make simple, simple foods. There's so many ways to make chicken and vegetables taste good. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not... I don't just eat chicken, rice and broccoli every single day. That's that's not me. There's so many ways to make it healthy. And I also recommend eating frequently. Uh, I eat seven times a day. And that's just, that's that's what works for me. I'm not saying that has to work for everybody. But for me, especially now that I'm on the road, constantly feeling myself so that, you know, if I do eat out for a meal, I'm not eating everything in front of my face. You know, like I... I'm not starving myself up until dinner and then ordering everything on the menu. I I like to constantly fuel myself every couple of hours with a small smaller meal, but that's packed with protein so that I'm constantly fueled, constantly energized, constantly full and satisfied. And that's that's kind of what I recommend. Yeah. So do you, because I find that interesting, I don't know that much about nutrition, like when it comes to like facts or educational anything. Do you feel like protein is tied, whether it's vegan protein or animal protein, do you think that uh, protein is like tied to energy in some ways? And that's like a more of a personal question because I find sometimes I'll go a couple days and I just get really lazy when it comes to like making sure I'm getting like vegan proteins in. And I don't just become lethargic. I become like, like my brain is very foggy and cloudy and I almost have a hard time like functioning. Like when I post about me just needing a day in bed, like, yes, of course that's human. Yes, of course, everybody needs a day in bed where you're like not doing a lot. But typically for me, it is tied because the last four days I was really busy and therefore I didn't give a shit about my nutrition. I literally was eating like whatever I could find around my van when I felt hungry. So yeah, I find that interesting. So do you think, or not do you think, like, is that something that is like protein is in in some way connected to energy? Because I don't know that. It's just an observation (laughs) I've had recently. Food in general. I mean, if you are under eating and you're at a deficit, you're going to be 
your body is going to start to feel lethargic and you're going to lose all your energy. I mean, for me, I feel most fueled by carbs. I eat a lot of carbs. That's another myth. People are like, so afraid of carbs and carbs are your fuel. They're your energy's fuel source. Love carbs. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> Big fan. Me too. And so, I mean, your glycogen levels, that's, that's your body's fuel source, but then your protein is what's going to make you feel, feel full. And that's why it's, it's so important to have a balance of protein, carbs, and fats. Again, fat, eating fat will not make you fat. Fats are good, healthy fats. And so having a balance of the three, it's, it's super important. And so whenever you are eating, uh, you need to make sure that you're having a well-balanced plate of all of those things, protein, carbs, and fats. Try to never make one of your meals be one of those macronutrients. You want to have a combination of the three, but I completely understand your struggle there. I mean, because you're vegan, it is harder to find vegan protein. And, and so, yeah, be, be very cautious about that and, and, and try to, you know, make, I'm trying to think of like a vegan recipe that I've made that you would love. Like, heck, you could even do like protein waffles, keep them in your fridge or, and then do you have a toaster? Just curious. I'm always I curious about what people have in their kitchen in the vans. Yeah. I mean, I technically could have a, a toaster, but I don't have one. I mean, I, I'll, I'll get one. I don't either. have a toaster. <laughs> I don't have a toaster either, actually, but I'm just trying to think of some yummy, healthy, easy. But that's, that's the thing that gets me the best is like, I need to make like 10 protein pancakes or mm-hmm. waffles and then like let that last me three days and yes because that's i i hate cooking i love food i love eating i have no interest in cooking i have like i always say like when i'm hungry i anticipate eating soon and so like when i was dating my ex he loved to cook but i would be like okay i'm ravenous right now, now. I- yeah <laughs> yes. And he would be like, okay, great. I'm going to cook something. And it would legitimately be two to three hours later. And I would just be like, yeah. And I would just be like, I don't think you understand. I'm dizzy. <laughs> like, like, I'm nauseous. I need food now. I'll eat that so, yeah, that's, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely something that I need to get more in the habit of is like, I guess what people consider prepping. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard in the van. And that's something that I... I'm kind of sad that I can't really do my meal preps. I used to meal prep, you know, cook a meal for a week and last the whole week. Mm-hmm. And you definitely can't do that in the van. You can get a couple days ahead and, you know, keeping your protein, I think cooking that in advance will, will help you a lot. If you, if you cook up your protein um, and keep a couple days of that, and then you just toss in your, your carb and your, and your veggies and your fat source. I think that that'll help you for sure. And I can help yeah. you after, after this, I'll send you some good recipes. <laughs> Yeah, love that. Okay, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, what you offer, like in terms of just people supporting you or they are genuinely interested in fitness. I'm trying to look at you and I also just see my golden retriever who is staring at me like, are you done for the day? I don't understand. Why are you working? But yeah, so yeah, let's just talk about what exactly you offer for people who, like I said, either want to support you or genuinely need help, whether they're on the road or not. Like every, the great part about this is that everyone's at home right now. Like everyone needs 
to be thinking of health, obviously not necessarily like fitness, 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 but just like their overall health in general. And so I think so many people could really benefit from the things that you do offer. And I want to kind of go over what how you can help them. Yeah, absolutely. I So I offer fitness and nutrition guides and their eBooks. So they're digital. You can get them at my website, clearpthomas.com. And, and it's not clear P. I say my name like clear, but it's Claire. And <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I have said like, even even just the last like month, people walking by asking about the van and asking, I don't know if you get this, but people will straight up be like, oh, do you have a YouTube channel? Do you show you like they just assume that van lifers have YouTube channels, I think. Yeah, it's funny. And or some sort of social media, you know, that they can follow along their journey. They, they're genuinely interested, which is great. But I constantly I'm like, oh, it's it's Claire P. Thomas. And they're like, clear P. Like they think I'm saying clear <laughs> No, not Claire P, but... Like, my name is Claire. Yeah, and it's funny. But anyways, Claire P. Thomas is my website where you can get the guides, but I offer mostly fitness guides. I also have a fuel guide, which is all my favorite healthy recipes, nutrition tips, meal plan recipes, supplement advice. Everything that I follow as far as nutrition is in there, intuitive eating. But then I offer fitness guides for pretty much everybody, whether you're a beginner or advanced, whether you're working out from home or a CrossFit gym, I have a little bit of everything. So yeah, it doesn't matter what level you're at. There's something for you. And, you know, we talked about this earlier, but it's all about establishing a routine and whether your goal is to achieve a six pack or just to feel better about yourself, to take care of your mental health. I truly believe that following solid routine, a fitness routine is so beneficial. And so that's what my guides do. They just make it super easy for you. You, you open it up. I mean, it's a guy, it's on your phone. So you, you open up the, the app <laughs> and it's not an app. It's actually a PDF, um, but you can save it into your phone, like an app. And it tells you, you know, day one, here's what you do. And it just, it makes it so easy for you. And it takes yeah. all of the, the hard stuff out of it. They're all eight weeks long. You can repeat them as many times as you'd like, or you can continue on to another guide. If you decide you want to try something new. And also I offer challenges that happen every season. Uh, so right now we're wrapping up the last week of the summer challenge, but there'll be another challenge happening in the fall um, that you guys can all participate in. It's open to everybody. It's 100% free. And it's basically just a eight week transformation challenge that helps with fitness and nutrition. And I'm there every step of the way holding you guys accountable. And I have a whole fitness community um, on Facebook with I think there's just under 30,000 people in there right now who are all, you know, just trying to get better and they're just so supportive and encouraging. And that's another thing that I'm so excited for is being able to meet up with, with my team, team CPT. And eventually I'll be able to do that hopefully (laughs) in the near future when, when we're allowed to do meetups and, and large group gatherings. But yeah, that's what I, that's what I offer. I I just really genuinely want to help people reach their goals. And I'm always open. I answer every single Instagram DM. Like if anyone has any questions, I'm always, I'm serious. (laughs) 
How do you answer every DM possible? It's a, it's a full-time job, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you put me on blast because I don't answer shit on Instagram. I try to, but I mean, I, I don't want to tell people 20 times a day how I make money on the road, 20 times a day what Ella does. You know what I mean? Like something about Ella and on the road, what I give her for flea and tick. I'm just like, yeah, I honestly, I... Yeah, I mean, and some of them, you can't. You got to ignore some of them or... right. But good for you. No, that's awesome. Yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, I love the fact that you pointed out the connection between mental and physical health because so many people who I talk about with, like, they're gung-ho on mental health, which I value so much and everyone knows that. But then you talk about physical physical health and they immediately are kind of, there's like an aversion to it where they, they don't want to talk about fitness. They, because a lot of people do kind of... They put a negative connotation on it, like, for everyone else because they care so much about weight and they care so much about numbers on the scale and this or that. And that makes a lot of people have this aversion to it. And But the truth is, like, on days where I'm not feeling my best, I can go for, like, I don't go for a 20-minute run at a six-minute pace and a whatever. I literally will, like, flail my arms and, like, twirl around and, like, go for a 15-minute jog down a dirt road while singing out loud with my dogs and like that makes me feel better because I was physical in some way so like there's just no arguing that there is in fact a connection between those two things and I just think it's so important for people to fully understand that when someone is connecting it so much to like weight and numbers and the scale and everything else that like that's just not what you're looking for but that doesn't mean that you need to have such an aversion to fitness and your physical health because like when I feel physically healthy in any way or like strong in general, or I do go for that run, it like, it makes my brain feel better. And I cannot, yeah, like I cannot argue that fact. And so I just, I want more people who like, they already understand the value of mental health. Like I, I just want more people to understand the connection between those two things, because it is a fact. Like there's just no, like, you know, it's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like it's literally science. Like it's your brain. <laughs> you let off endorphins that make you happier when you exercise. And that is a fact. And, you know, it just going back to it, it's not about, it's not about what you look like. It's not about how good you look in quotations. It's about your mental health. And that's, what's going to help you in all aspects of life. And that's what I, what I want to help people with. And yeah, I'm so glad that you touch on that too, because it's a real thing. And yeah, as much as we don't want to admit it, it's, it's becoming more normalized, which I appreciate. And I don't want to fool anybody into thinking that I'm always happy or I'm always exercising. And, and, you know, I just, I just love that we're able to kind of, I think, be more real and open on our platforms now. Right. Well, because, and that's the thing is that the more, what I've realized is that the more I'm open about mental health, like the more reciprocated it is. Like it's not, I don't, I'm not even trying to normalize it. It's that on a day where I'm feeling low or I'm feeling anxious, I can't write a caption about how much I love my dog. It's just not what I'm thinking about that day. And so I'm just writing about that because it's what is so heavily on my mind. And like, I've realized like I'm normalizing it for them, but then 
they normalize it for me by getting, you know, a hundred comments from people being like, I feel the exact same way. I understand this. Like, I don't think other people realize how much, like, what service they're doing for me by just even leaving a comment or by... Grace, yeah. Yeah, saying something to me. Like, I don't write that caption thinking I have any answers or that I'm the leader in anxiety. I write it because I can't, I can't write anything else that day. And so by getting people saying that, you know, I'm normalizing it for them, I'm just like, oh, phew. Like, it's... Tuesday and a hundred people are feeling the same way I'm feeling. Thank God. Like I'm in the middle of nowhere alone in my van. I didn't, it's hard to remember that so many people are feeling that way. Your audience helps you just as much as you help them. And that's what's right. What's really, really cool is, you know, I do what I do to help others, but also in turn, like I'm so fulfilled by, by what they bring to me. The, the comments I receive, the DMs I receive, it's, it's, it's really fulfilling and it's really special yeah. I think and yeah no for sure okay so whoo to wrap things up a little bit um back to your van kind of you are about to hit the road so you were on the road for like a month you kind of you've dabbled in van life you've got the vibe for it you have to go to a we've talked about this yesterday so you are going to a wedding so you went back home you're gonna be flying there whatever when you get back in the van, you're back to full time, back to your new thing. Where is the place that you are like the most excited to go? Kind of like, do you have a place in mind where you're just like, that is going to be awesome? Ooh, that's hard. I honestly, I want to go everywhere. And I keep telling people I'm going from Portland to Portland, Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine. Like I want to go everywhere in between. They're like the two extremes, you know, the two West Coast, East Coast. And so from here, I I really am excited to go where you're at right now. I really want to go to Montana. I've been to Montana, but I haven't really spent time there. So I'm really excited to be in the mountains. I love the mountains. And then I'm just going to kind of work my way through. I have no real plan, no route in mind. I'm just kind of going with the flow for the most part. And I don't want to rush rush anything. And I don't know, I don't know if that's how you do it as well. I have no real agenda. I'm probably going to do some backtracking like I already have done. I'm really excited to do just the the national parks, you know, just the big things, but also just to meet other van lifers in the community and find, find the places that nobody really knows about off the grid stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I'm What's having, your favorite place? I'm having a gathering in May in Utah. So be in Utah in May. <laughs> I would love to go. <laughs> yeah, we, so I'm doing, I'm, I'm co-hosting with my best friend, Katie, who also lives in a van. And we were supposed to have it this September and then COVID happened. And like, our dream is for there to be a lot of people there. Not, not a ton, but like 200 people and as many, yeah, as many vans as possible. And we really want to cater to people who are either introverted or extroverted. Like I've been to so many gatherings at this point and I love all of them. There's not a negative word in the world I could say about any of the people who host these things, but like I'm always on a panel because I'm a solo female and I have a following and it's like this weird, just uncomfortable hierarchy. Like I've been on stages where I'm like teaching people who've lived on the road for seven years and showed up at the gathering because they want to meet other people on the road. And suddenly like a girl who has been on the road for a month or six months or a year and now two years is like telling you how to live the lifestyle you're already living. And so it just... Yeah. So I'm always on these panels and I'm like, why am I like, I need the answers to these questions. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, why am I up here? Yeah. It's just weird. 
weird. So anyways, our gathering is going to be very much just like no panels, no seminars. It's just like every, we're going to have I games. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, my God. Welcome to the van world. I'm a newbie (laughs) here. Like, what? Yeah. They have panels? They're typically, well, you're also new this summer, and they're typically over the summer, but they all got canceled because of COVID. But there's a lot in Oregon, too. So if you, like, you know, stay around home a little bit, you'll definitely have the opportunity, especially next summer, if all of this is kind of wound down. But right now we're looking for May. It'll be in Utah for sure. We already have the property locked down. But ours is going to be very much, like for anyone. If you want to play board games or stay in your van or sit around a campfire or like get drunk and sing karaoke, you know? (laughs) I will be there. You can count me in. But yeah, no. So a couple places I recommend going at least. My favorite is Montana. I've been here for over a month, probably like six weeks at this point, which I do not do. Like I, I move slower now, but not this slow. It's just that I, I, I thought I would love Montana. I am obsessed with Montana. I could live here in the future. Like being born and raised in Indiana, Montana has been a very nice combination of like the way, you know how Bend, Oregon is very outdoorsy and like, yeah, I love Bend, but I love Bend. Being from the Midwest, it doesn't feel like home. It feels like I'm on the West Coast and it's outdoorsy. It's just like a different vibe, although I love it. But Montana feels very like Midwest and home and like people have accents and like it's, you still have to drive everywhere. Like it's not like walkable and stuff. And, but it's also outdoorsy and kind of West Coasty. And it's just like this really great mix of both. So definitely spend a good chunk of time in Montana. Wyoming is my favorite place of all time. Yellowstone and Grand Tetons. You're going to want to spend forever in that area. There's free camping. Don't get sucked. I mean, if you like paying for like campgrounds and national parks, that's totally fine. Yeah. But there's great free camping in between Yellowstone and Grand Tetons. I can give you those coordinates. And then, yeah, I mean, those are probably the two most like less obvious. Like I could tell you to go to Yosemite, but of course, everyone, you know what I mean? Like, no one's going to tell you not to go to Yosemite. So I feel like Montana and Wyoming are the two I would recommend the most that other people may not emphasize as much. And then, okay, so where can people find you? I know that we've gone over it throughout the episode, but I like giving a end all, like, this is where to find you. This is what to look up. This is how to spell it. Yeah. Come get, get me. Thanks. Okay, so it's... I'm primarily on Instagram, so you can find me at Claire P. Thomas. So it's C-L-A-I-R-E-P Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S. And then that's also my website, ClarePThomas.com. That's my email, hi at ClarePThomas.com. And then I also am fairly new to YouTube and my YouTube channel is Claire P. Thomas Official. And I only said that because I had an old YouTube account that I use for workout videos and such. And so I had to make another separate one. So that's how you can find me and yeah, reach out. I'm, I'm always up for, for some new conversation and I'd love to help you. However you need it. Fitness, health, van life. Now I'm still so new, but yeah. Yeah. Now you're a jack of all trades. Yeah. So I think, I mean, obviously I'll tag you on Instagram and stuff. And I, I'm pretty sure from your Instagram, everyone can kind of find everything else at least. Right. Absolutely. Last but not least, I totally meant to tell you this because I feel like I've caught a few people off guard with this question, but do you have a favorite book or a book that you would recommend? If you're not a reader, we can talk about a TV show or a movie or something, but I've said book a couple times and people are like, Ooh, and I'm like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's a good one. I really like the book Can't Hurt Me 
by David Goggins. I'm sure that that's maybe been brought up before. It's pretty popular. Well, it's pretty popular in the fitness industry. So it wouldn't be popular in van life. So can't hurt me, David Goggins. That's a great one. Okay. Awesome. Yes. I will include that in the show notes. It's a good one. It'll like get you like you're off your ass and like you'll want to like go run a marathon tomorrow if you you listen to it kind of book. Okay. Love that. Is there anything that we did not talk about or anything that you want to add? Anything at all, I guess, before we close out? I don't think so. I'm just so excited that we finally got to connect. I know. Me too. I've been following you for a while. I know. I say this, I feel like so often, but like the, because I even say it when I like interview my parents for the podcast and stuff. It's like, when do I get to sit down with my parents or my sister or my best friend or whatever and talk about like our relationship and how it started? And you know what I mean? Like these things that you already know, but like you just don't really get to talk about often. And then from the other perspective of like friends I've had online for a while that I just have never really, like as much as I I would, but it would just be weird to be like, hey, Claire, want to FaceTime for an hour and a half? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, The podcast is just such a great way for me to get to sit down with people I love and people that I've been following and like am meeting online and I just haven't really had the opportunity to actually get to talk to. I know. It's been awesome. I can't wait to meet up with you maybe in uh, Washington soon. Yeah, I talked about that in the intro before calling you. Yeah, I'm going to Washington. I would love to. I would absolutely love to meet up. We could do some kind of workout, but I, you're going to kick my ass. (laughs) I was working out because I, I value working out a lot. Like I said, it. For the sole reason that it genuinely, like, keeps my brain in check. But I, when it came to COVID, in, like, quarantining, I was with, like, my five closest friends. And I got in the habit of, you know, being with them for a couple months. And we would wake up, start working all day, and then start, like, drinking alcohol at, like, four. And so now it's like I've I've weaned off the alcohol a bit because I'm by myself, but I haven't really gotten back into the habit of actually working out. And like, I find myself genuinely craving that. Like, that's why I go for those like funny 15 minute runs that are not that serious is because I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't stretched in days. I need to like shake out my body a little. So yeah, if we meet up, I would love for you to teach me some things with the lack of equipment that I have. <laughs> for sure. And I'll, I got a little equipment I'll bring to you. So I'll make you try out my yeah. pull-up bar. <laughs> oh, I would love that. I mean, I probably don't know if I could do a pull-up, but I could try. <laughs> I'm down to give it a whirl. Awesome. Thank you for coming on here. I loved meeting you. This was nothing less than what I was anticipating. I'm so happy that we got to talk and be real friends friends now. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I will talk to everyone else next week. I have no idea what we're going to be talking about, but I'll let you know later. Bye. It's nice talking to you. See you soon. What's up, people? Okay, before we go today, as per usual, we are going to be talking about better help. We love better help. We strive to be better and get help. <laughs> hey, I really made that up on the spot. Um, okay, so it's online counseling. It is how I personally get therapy. I've had my therapist with BetterHelp for a very long time now. I always try and specify, but I honestly don't even know. Probably like a year, but it's really great for travelers, van life, people of our kind, or if you are just trying to stay home to the best of your abilities right now, it's awesome. You don't have to go in person to see a therapist. You can just call every week the way that I do. You can do video, phone call, and then throughout the week, I can kind of message her through the app, which is another reason I love it because whenever I have my therapy sessions, I do not have to connect with my hotspot and do that whole thing to my laptop. I can just get on my app and call her as long as I have cell phone service. It just makes it really easy. Um, My therapist is 
phenomenal. Love her so much. If you want to join over 1 million people prioritizing their mental health today, go to BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash divine. Use code divine for 10% off your first month. Goodbye and have a lovely week. Bye.